Football season obviously underway, and if you play fantasy football, the odds are you probably already hate your team and wish you could draft all over again. Well, on FanDuel, you can draft a new team every week. As an example, this weekend, I found some great buys with Geronimo Allison and Tyler Boyd at wide receiver. Then I could afford the big guys like Alvin Kamara and Todd Gurley. My lineup placed in a couple of tournaments, so not a bad Sunday for Van Smack. If you're not a fantasy expert, that's okay too. FanDuel is clearly the place to play. FanDuel has something for everybody, and there are more ways to win than ever before. New users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel. So come play with me at FanDuel.com slash CBS Sports. FanDuel.com slash CBS Sports. This is RPO, Rome Price Opinion. Now, here's Jim Rome and two-time Super Bowl champion, Trevor Price. It's Monday, so you know what that means. Time for RPO, Rome Price Opinion. And my partner in crime, 14-year NFL vet, two-time Super Bowl champion, a content and take machine, Trevor Price joining me. Big dog, what's up? How you living? Man, I'm 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 living foul. I did not have enough beer this weekend, so I'm I'm in a bad effing mood. How come? So I'm good, ready to go. Yeah, exactly. Bad is good. Bad is good. How, <laughs> how, come, how come you did not get enough suds this weekend? What's up? But I, I was I, I had to go to a meeting in New York, and my kids are playing soccer, and I'm flying around. I went to a wedding that didn't have it. That the the keg was broken at the wedding. I was like, what kind of fucking wedding is this? <laughs> but you know, the case of Rasara, I drank I drank rum. <laughs> I drank rum. Uh, I like it, man. Nice rally. Like Good a, for you. Like a pirate. <laughs> Dude, you improvised. That's how you do it. By the way, that keg, the busted keg, what kind of beer was in that keg? I, I think I think it was beer piss. I don't know what was in it, but it, it, they couldn't get the thing tapped, and they poured me like a cup of suds. I was like, I'm not washing my hair. Can I have some beer, please? And Dude, I was like, that was done with it. I, I, don't I was done with that point. I don't want to give you up, but was that one of your friends or one of the wife's friends? Or as we know, if it's your hey, wife's we, friend, it's your friend. We, and look, look, shit gets around fast, so I'm going to leave it right, okay, right there. Okay, there you go. All right, respect. With respect. All right, Trevor, respect. so for weeks now, Trevor, you have been hyping, hyping Bill's rookie, Josh. I mean, jockeying this guy so hard, saying crazy shit like mentioning him in the same sentence with John Elway. So I've got to know, how good about him after seeing what a very good Viking defense? And then how good do you feel about you? How good do I feel? Listen, me being right is like water being wet. Are we, are we square on that? Because that's what happened. I, watching that kid play the first time, I saw it. You could see it. Because I had a coach one time, Jim, that told me, look, rookies are too stupid to know they're not supposed to be that good. And you could see it in them. If they got him some protection and he threw the ball in the general direction of where it's supposed to go, they were going to make some plays. Now, when he when he jumped over that Vikings DB, again, you're too fucking stupid to know you're not supposed to do that. And that's why rookies are the best. That's why, you know, the second year they kind of regressed. They caught a sophomore slump because then they start looking at the names in the back of the jerseys. At first, it's just a bunch of random dudes and colors. And you're just like, I'm just going as fat can and figure it out. At the feet, I told you he was not scared. He's bigger than half of the players on the field, including some of the defensive linemen. I knew it was going to work out at some point. Now, Devontae Davis thing and that kind of trauma that happens very quickly, that, that's the thing that kicks a team in his ass. So they showed up to the Vikings and showed up into the, uh, the 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 ship they have up there in Minneapolis and were like, "Fuck it, just just let him go." And look what happened. Now they're not gonna go undefeated from here. But I mean, they're gonna win five games. 
but you see something in the kid. And what's going to ha- what's happening today is a coach is going, look, you run, you slide, you do not jump over anybody again. That was a one-time trick. Don't do it again. But the kid can play. I knew it from the first time I saw him in preseason throwing the ball to the other team. This fucker can play. <laughs> Trevor, did you just say to me that you being right is like water being wet? You want me to say it again? No, I think I heard it the first time. Okay, I just wanted to make okay. sure. Right. But we're right. not the same guy who said that the Rams were going to implode this year. Right. It hasn't happened yet. I said, this is what I said. It's easy to sing when you're winning. Let's wait till they get some adversity. And and the thing is, you know, you feel bad for, for Marcus Peters. And, and it sounds like he blew out his, his Achilles. Because the way, he, the way his arm was shaking, like there's something really wrong with his leg. Right? Um, but I thought he was going to be the part of it. I thought he was going to be the first one to start pointing fingers. And now he's out. And it looks like Aqib Tlaib might be busted up too. So the two biggest personalities who I thought were going to be the ones aren't going to be playing for a little bit. Now, what does that affect them on the field? Can they run as much man coverage? Um, uh, your, your big defensive tackle is not getting to the quarterback. But what you don't see with him not getting to the quarterback, I see everything else. And Aaron Donald is playing fantastic football. He is literally double-teamed. And, and people say that, oh, they're double-teaming me, double-teaming me. No, they're not. You're just running to the teeth of the fucking offensive line. No, they are looking at him and pointing at him. Block him. The the Sioux kid, don't worry about him. He's going to stand in the line of scrimmage and chop his feet and pretend he's doing something. Block Aaron Donald. And I see it every play. Now, again, the offense is unlike anything I've ever seen. And I'm going to tell you why it's unlike anything I've ever seen. They Do run it. a hurry-up offense. Mm-hmm. And the way a hurry-up offense usually works is the plays are very simple. So when a team wants hurry-up, like Kashi must hurry-up, it's basically read option over and over again, and it's a dive. And you, you can call it very quickly. It's two or three words. The Rams are running a hurry-up offense, and it's 50 words worth of a play, and it's three plays, and it's complicated routes, and this, that, and the other, and they line up on the, on the next play and do something else complicated. You have no idea what's coming when, and that is the part that people have, hard, have a hard time dealing with. Not the talent. I mean, the talent helps when you have you know, a, a linebacker-sized running back who runs like a DB, but at the same time, their system is unlike anything I've ever seen, and I don't know how you prepare for it. Now, if somebody bogs that shit down, if somebody bogs it down and somebody's able to run on that defense, you will start to see his finger pointing. Because if they don't go 16-0, and 0, they're going to go 8-8. Eight and eight. That's, just the way, that's just the way that kind of team is Trevor, built. what are you talking about? Like you, you don't see them going 12-4? and four? They can't be 11-5? and I don't five? think so. It's either 16-0 or 8-8? Eight eight. How can that be? I don't think so, man. I, I think because they're so good and they're so used to putting up 35 40 points on people. And like, you know, when you don't kick extra points, try to go to go for two every play. This is the NFL. They're doing shit you do on Madden. You know what I mean? But when you can't do that, when you can't do that for one or two weeks, you will start to see the implosion. It's coming. It is coming. And if it doesn't, then for the first time, for the first time, I am wrong. The first time in the last five minutes. Trevor, I will bet you anything. <laughs> Trevor, I'll bet you anything in the world that they don't finish either 16-0 and 0 or 8-8. Eight and eight. What, what, Like what? Like anything. <laughs> what like bet? anything you have. Like anything I have. You just said to me they're going to finish either 16-0 and 0 or 8-8. Eight and eight. Like there's no in between. You, Jim, Jim, when you, when you see an offense in a team that looks so dominant, you know hard. I was on a team that was 14-0 and 0 once, right? Mm-hmm. We were the Broncos, and we were the most dominant team in the NFL. And we had 
not enough, and, and nobody got hurt. We just went down to Miami and just got beat. Or we got beat by Seattle. I don't, I don't know who we got beat by. But to keep that shit up, and we were old. This team is young. They are bound to slip. They are bound to run out of energy. They are bound to, to do something that is uncharacteristic. And getting them out, and Sean McVay being 18 years old and head coach in the NFL is, go, is not going to know how to dig them out of that. I, I see it coming. I, I mean, th- that offense was yeah, the same Trevor, last they, year. Did they, they win a Super Bowl last year? Listen, this guy, he's young, but they love him, man. They love him. Yeah, they play they for him. him. They can love him. Look, Jim, they can love him all they fucking want to. They can love him all they want to. I'm telling you, somebody, some team, somebody somewhere, and I'm, and I'm a th- I don't think it's going to be in the NFC West because all those teams think, especially with Jimmy G gone, those teams in Arizona is just, I don't know what the hell that is. In Seattle, whatever, man. <laughs> But it's gonna come from somewhere else. It's gonna come from somewhere else, and it might come from the playoffs. But I don't. I I, I see them either being really great, or or just being above average. All right, well, dude, you've changed right now, up. They look great. You, you, you've changed up. You've already said you already promised the implosion. Now you're acknowledging that they might be really great, but they might be really average. So what are we betting? Which adult beverage are we gonna bet? Are we gonna bet rum? Are we gonna bet gin? <laughs> are we gonna bet a keg rum, of whatever you want? Rum, uh, Kraken. We're betting a bottle of Kraken. Okay, let's bet a bottle of Kraken. You got it. I, I, I say that they won't finish either one of those ways. You say they will finish either one. A bottle of Kraken. All right, Trevor, so go. What, where does that leave us with the Vikings? As an example, Mike Zimmer, if he held himself to the same standard that he did his kicker last week, he'd probably be looking for a new gig right about now. What the <laughs> hell excellent. happened to that allegedly great Viking defense? I, I, they ran to a buzzsaw named Josh Allen. And, 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 is, and, and that's, ain't that some shit to say? They ran right. to a butt. Now, does Josh Allen stay a buzzsaw for the next 10 weeks? No, he doesn't. He's a rookie. That's going, people are going to start figuring out what he's doing. But I'll tell you this. The Vikings that are going to L.A. are going to get their heads kicked in. They're a wounded animal, right? And every, every NFL coach says a wounded animal is a dangerous animal. The problem with the wounded animal thing is the L.A. Rams, right now, the way their offense playing, they can kill wounded animals. And and they're playing. If if this was Sunday or Monday night, there'd be some time to get it together. But that quick turnaround and flying from Minneapolis to L.A. to go play that offense after you just got beat up the way you did, I think the Vikings are in a lot of trouble right now. All but right, that Trevor, Thursday Trevor, game, Trevor, Trevor. Now you, dude, you're on fire. You're so good at this. I want you to keep one thing in mind. We have your picks coming up. So oh, I don't yeah. want you to finish that thought yet because that's going to be part of your picks a little bit later on in the podcast. That's the Thursday matchup. That's going to be a great matchup. Save your thought on that. Let me ask you yeah. about the Dallas Cowboys. You and I have talked about them. I got to say, I've never seen them look more anemic offensively than they do right now. I mean, Dak Prescott clearly is not one of those elite quarterbacks who can make something out of nothing. Ezekiel Elliott... I mean, this guy, it's not even his fault, right? Who can do anything with 11 guys in the box? If you were the Cowboys, Trevor, and you had a say, what would you do? Is there anything you can do to help them offensively at this point? <laughs> uh, you got to bring Des Bryant back, oh. <laughs> as, as, as ridiculous really? as that sounds. The, the problem is, Jim, the hash marks and where the numbers are. If the ball does not reach outside the numbers at any point in the game, we put everybody in the middle. And that Prescott does not have the time nor the arm strength to throw from one hash to outside the numbers over the other side. And even if he has a timing and arm strength, he does not have anybody that can catch that. I don't understand how, as an NFL team, you do not have receivers you can catch. That, that's the damnedest thing to me I've ever seen because it's not like, hey, you run fast or you can't run fast or you can pass rush and it's a one-on-one thing. The ball comes towards your hands and your head. You should be able to catch it, and they can't catch 
When your best receiver is Cole Beasley, you have a problem. When he when Cole Beasley is lined up as your outside receiver, what in the fuck is that? So that's the problem. You can't and and if you can't do that, you can't run the ball. And if you can't run the ball, you can't throw the ball. And I use a compounding problems on top of problems. And Zach um, Zach Martin is not playing real well as a guard, as a high price guard. Uh, Tyron Smith is not playing, and they just look like a team that not even lacks focus. They lack confidence. Like they go out there, they go out there going, "Oh God, please let us get a touchdown or a field goal and not fumble the ball." That's what they look like when they go out in the field, and you can't win like that. Trevor, you think Dez? I mean, is Dez a good idea? Is he the best of a bunch of bad ideas? Would he make there any difference? What would he, happen if this guy came back in? B, B, he's the best of a bunch of bad ideas. Who else is left? They traded like they should have gotten in, involved in the Josh Gordon trade and did something. They should. They have to do something. They need a receiver at some point. They don't have a tight end that can catch. They don't have a receiver that can catch. Nobody's open. Zach, Pre- Zach Prescott has taken a step back, and and, and I don't want to pile on top of him and say he's not a franchise quarterback. But I've been saying that for a long time. We saw it last year, and now we're seeing it this year. The film does not lie, man. It doesn't lie. It shows us exactly what's happening. He cannot get the ball outside the numbers, and he's not reading that part of the field. So they pack everybody in the middle and dare you to run. Hmm. I'm going to ask you about Josh Gordon with the Pats in a minute, but in terms of last night, Trevor, I I don't know. I mean, you know that thing about how Bill Belichick's assistants never amount to anything once they leave? Maybe, maybe. But I have never seen another coach turn Bill Belichick inside out the way Matt Patricia did last night. What did you think as you were watching that? And then what did you think about Belichick's reaction to it after the game? The, the two things. One, Josh McDaniels did this in Denver. Turned Bill Belichick's team inside out when he was up there for you know the year and a half or whatever it was. Seeing Matt Patricia do it is not all that surprising to me. Now, the reaction after the game, that was some bullshit. Because the dude is like a son to you. For once, Bill Belichick, be happy for somebody else besides yourself. You know, it's not that important, man. In the grand scheme of things, your relationship with these two young guys that you helped raise from a time they were 21, 22 years old. Matt Patricia knew nothing about football when he got hired. He was hired to make he was hired to make photocopies. And now he's worked himself up to be an NFL head coach. You could do more than give him a half hearted hug, pat him on his back and walk your stinking ass off the field. That wasn't right. But the second thing. When I heard that the Patriots Trevor, only one second, three one second, receivers. one second. Let, let me just ask you really quickly. So, in that moment, what were you looking for from Belichick? I mean, he did hug on the guy. Yeah, he did. But remember, I played for the Jets when the whole Rex Ryan thing went down with Matt Light and the, you know the personal stuff in Rex's life. And when and when Belichick and we had beat the Patriots, we beat the Patriots in the playoffs. And when Belichick got to the middle of the field with Rex Ryan, I don't know what he said to him, but they seemed to talk for about thirty seconds kind of with the arms around each other. It, it was a certain respect for him. But with Matt Patricia, you raised him from a time he was 21 years old. He was hired to make – he was hired because nobody in the building knew how to use a photocopier. So, like, look, hire somebody smart who can do it. Here, this MIT rocket science can do it. Rocket <laughs> – <laughs> this guy, this rocket scientist can handle the copier. Let him do it. And now he's raised himself up to a head coach. You could have spent more than – 10 seconds. It wasn't even 10 seconds. It was two seconds. It was like a brief hug, and Bill Belichick turned, and Matt Patricia was walking behind him, trying to pat him on the back. And then you cut to Matt Patricia and Josh McDaniels, like two brothers, because that's what they were. And Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick is their father. That's Those are facts, man. That's what it is. And you could have done better than that. The other side of it 
If the that's, some Dar- that's some Darth dressing. Vader shit, right? I, it I really was, man. That was, that was, that was such a bad look. Be happy for somebody else for once in your life. You have 10 Super Bowls. You have all the success in the world. It's a fucking football game, man. You know what I mean? Your relationship should be more important than that. With somebody you raise. Now, if you don't want to hug, you know, uh, friggin' John Harbaugh, I get it, <laughs> right? But but this, you raise this kid. You taught him everything he knows, and he beats you. So what? So what? But the other thing is, football-wise, if the Patriots keep dressing three receivers and one of them is Cordell Patterson, who, again, can't catch, they're not going to win many games. Josh Gordon needs to get up to speed very quickly. Julian Edelman coming back, I think, will be the thing that gets that team healthy. Counting out the Patriots, you do that at your own peril. As much as I would like to count out the Patriots, you just don't. And last night, they looked old. But I remember Mike Vrabel used to say, look, when we play well, we're experienced. When we play bad, we're old. And and Bill Belichick, he likes an old team. He likes a veteran team that knows how to work, that understands, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's just the way he is. But that shit needs to change. Hey, Trevor, let me ask you this. I mean, for instance, you're right. I mean, any of us, and I'm guilty of this too, you throw dirt on this team, you do so at your own peril. They usually come back to bite you in the ass. The thing about Edelman, we know. We know Tom Brady wants him back. We know he needs him. But neither Edelman nor Gordon can put their hand in the dirt and get after the quarterback, right? No. Uh, well, I mean, it's not an issue. It, it, it'd probably be better than what they got. <laughs> right? right. Put Josh Gordon out there. Look, slap rip. Just, just swim move. Grab grass. Yell tiger. <laughs> I, I don't. The thing about the defensive line is one thing they're not getting pressure, but when they're getting turned sideways in their gaps, and and uh, and uh, Legarrette Blunt and the young kid from Auburn are running through wide open holes, that's you know is a problem because I'm saying Bill Belichick is watching that film today and he is irate. He is irate how Frank Ragnow, a rookie from Arkansas, is turning their his big defensive lineman Malcolm Brown and those Danny Shelton those guys. Turning them sideways is one thing to knock a guy off the ball. At least I'm still square. But when I knock you off the ball and turn you left and the running back's going right, that is a problem beyond problem. That is number one sin, defensive lineman sin. Do not get turned. When your shoulders are perpendicular, your shoulders aren't perpendicular to the line of scrimmage, you can't play. And they were getting turned sideways like a T. Hmm. And Trevor, I was not going to bring this up. I just want to follow something you said. You mentioned Rex Ryan. I can remember, and Trevor, I've done this long enough, that I used to interview Philadelphia Eagles when they played for Buddy Ryan. And I had never seen a coach, maybe other than Bill Parcells back in the day, but I'd never seen a coach that guys were as loyal to, that loved, that wanted to play for, win for, would do anything for a coach as Buddy Ryan until Rex Ryan. And the guys were the same way about Rex. And Rex was, Rex was the guy. Like, guys wanted to go there and play for Rex. And then all of a sudden, Rex, it was almost like he was exposed. Like, what the hell happened to Rex Ryan, this genius, this defensive juggernaut, this guy that everybody wanted to play for? Now look at him. He's not even a good broadcaster. What happened to Rex Ryan? <laughs> okay, I'm not saying none of that because I am one of those guys. I am the Rex Ryan guy. The, okay, so. I, lay it I out for me. Times, lay it so out for me. Go ahead. I'm going to lay it out for you. So I wrote for the New York Times for a little bit. And one of the first pieces I wrote was about Rex and, and about his failures as a head coach have nothing to do with football because Rex has forgotten more about football than most, most head coaches know. That's a fact. Like most head coaches would say, I didn't know we could do that. And Rex would go, oh, I forgot we did do that. 
kind of thing. You know, I I watched Rex put in a defense that thoroughly confused Tom Brady, and the next week put another one that thoroughly confused Peyton Manning. As is, he had he had no idea what the coverage was, what the front was, and I'm on the field, and Rex says, "Look, you just go over there," and and Peyton Manning is completely confused. He's not supposed to be over there, kind of thing. But what happened to Rex was his his way of being loyal to the point of defiance is what messed him up. Like he decided to stick with the offensive coordinator. He decided to stick with Mark Sanchez, even though Mark Sanchez played like he was trying to get Rex fired. And Rex was like, I can fix it. And there were some guys you can't fix. He could not fix Mark. He could not fix Marty Schottenheimer. There were things he just could not fix. Rex hired the defensive uh, the defensive back coach for the Ravens, assistant defensive back coach, and said, you coach a defensive line. Mark Carey had never seen a defensive lineman. But yet here he was, my defensive line coach. You know what I mean? So that's what he, his is the complete opposite of Belichick. Like my relationships are more important than these football wins. And when you put those relationships first, people would do anything for you. I will tell you a story. So John Harbaugh comes to the Ravens and he institutes a dress code, right? So we're going to get in a plane. Everybody wear a suit jacket. You don't have to wear a suit, but you have to wear a suit jacket. I'm like, look, I ain't wearing no goddamn suit jacket. So I show up on the plane without a suit jacket and I have plenty of clothes, Jim. The next week, I do have my suit jacket on because John Harbaugh's looking at me crazy. Rex had brought me one. He said, he, I brought this just in case you didn't have yours. Huh. That's the kind of guy he was. They're loyal to the point of the – and, like, he wanted to sign me again, and I was like, Rex, I can't play anymore football. I just can't. But the Patriots wanted to sign me at the same time, and I was like, I'm not playing against Rex. I ain't doing it. So I, I told the Patriots no for that very reason. So what happened was – he, he couldn't let go of his friends. He couldn't let go of the people he picked, and he, he, would, he refused to move on, and this is where you wind up. Hmm. That's interesting. Trevor, What <laughs> you're the best, dude. Why could you not? I understand that you're going to do what you think is right, and you're not going to conform, but if the coach says there's a dress code and you got to put on a jacket to get on the airplane, why could you not just put on the jacket and get on the airplane? Fuck your dress code. How's that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, there are rules. Fuck every rule. No, no, no. It's, it's not unreasonable, one, right? The dress code one, I could, I could, I could get. So what happened was, I'm gonna tell you what happened. That morning, I put on a jacket. I didn't like the way it looked, so I took it off and went to the plane. My man, you're rich. Like you looked. probably got 50 jackets. Why don't you just put on I another jacket? I got some jackets, man, and none of them fit me because I'm fat. <laughs> is that what this is about, man? It's not even about the rule. It's about how it looked. You didn't look good, so you just said, "Screw it, I'm not doing it." Screw it. Screw it. It didn't match my jeans. It didn't match my shirt. And I, just, I was like, ah, oh, God. And I picked it up the night before. And like Ray Lewis and, and guys, certain guys would bring two suits in a row. They, they'd wear one on Saturday and wear one to the game on Sunday. And I was like, F that. I'll wear these pair of sweatpants if I want to. Dude, do you, thing. Rex do you also park in the owner's spot too at the facility? I, I used to use his bathroom. How'd that go? Uh, notice I didn't play for the uh, Ravens my entire five years of my contract. So you can see how I went. Yeah, no, I'm not surprised to hear that at all. All right, so, so we talked about. I'm sh I'm shifting gears now. This is my segue. Patrick Mahomes, my man's got 13 touchdown passes. Trevor, no picks. Three weeks in. Is there anything left to say about this dude that has not already been said? Yeah, give him the trophy now. Which That's the MVP the trophy? Left. Is give it to him. I mean, what, 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 what are we going to do? Even if he goes on, even if he stops the tear of three or more touchdowns per game, he still has, what, uh, tw uh, 11, 12, 13 more games to go? He, he throws two more touchdowns per game. He's thrown 30. You know what I mean? It's, it's, 
it's un it's unbelievable what he's doing, but it's the supreme confidence that he has. Now, here's the problem, Jim. It's going to get cold. And I the coldest game I've ever played in in my life was in Kansas City. It was minus 35 degrees, and I would I refused to fall on the ground. I was I was tackling by picking people up and throwing them down. And and at one point I tackled a running back. He was like, "Look, just hold me here until they blow the whistle." I was like, "I got you, my man." So when it gets cold, I think it's going to change a little bit. Right now he's playing in warm weather. It's like kind of like that Texas Tech, um, but you know he played in the Big 12, so maybe he's played in Oklahoma when the wind is swirling and it's 20 degrees. But ain't nothing cold like Kansas City Stadium. There's nothing like it. Like Arrowhead, the wind kind of swoops over top of it. Nothing like it. And that's the only thing that's going to slow him down is Mother Nature. Because a pass rush and DBs cannot. Trevor, go back. That's interesting, too. But go back to what you said about the running back and it being minus 35. Are there, like, side deals or negotiations that go on on the field, in the trenches, things that we would never know about as fans? Oh, yes. All the time. You- know, my, my favorite was always um, uh, interceptions. Like, <laughs> so we get an interception, and I'd run to the nearest offensive lineman, and i say, look, just stay here with me. He's like, okay. Because <laughs> right? like, we didn't want to run over there. I didn't want to hit him. He didn't want to hit me. Like, this is not our fight. Like, let the DBs and running backs and, and wide receivers fight over the ball way over there. You just stand here with me and pretend like we're wrestling. And they, to a man, they go, okay. And we stand there and pretend like we tried to do something. Now, when the ball was snapped and we were, I was pass rushing or something like that, something that had to do, do with what we were good at, that was fine. But when, when interceptions happen or fumbles or that type of thing, oh, my God. Oh, straight, straight brokering a deal. That's what I'm saying. There's got to be stuff going on that we don't know about. There just has to be. Now, after punching the pats in the face last week, I'll admit this, Trevor, I was practically ready to crown Jacksonville's ass, at least in the AFC, and then they come out, and they couldn't have looked much worse or any flatter in losing to a Tennessee Titan team that was beaten up, that got them twice last year. So what do we make of the Jags now? Uh, best uniforms in the NFL, bad offensive coordinator. That, that game, watching the Titans-Jags when they went on TV, it looked like Blade Runner 2049. Like, it was <laughs> futuristic. I was like, am I watching a college game? I was like, no, they're too big to be college. Like, that looked like a thing, and then you watch him play, and it looked like Braveheart, just just slogging each other two yards at a time. We're like, what kind of offense is this? First of all, number one, the Titans and this Derrick Henry thing, that's not a thing. You might think uh, a, a six foot three, two hundred forty pound, forty pound running back is a thing. It isn't. I mean, he 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 can't move left or right. He just kind of goes downhill and falls for four yards at a time. And I get it. Four plus four plus four is twelve, and first down. But that's not going to win you a lot of football games. It might beat the Jaguars, but they ain't going to beat the Chiefs. Like they, It beat them last year. But this year with that Patrick Mahomes kid, you can't – four yards in a cloud of dust, Woody Hayes style is not going to get it, right? But I think what happened too is the Titans said, we're not going to let Blake Bortles beat us. That's what they said. So Blake, so they dropped everybody deep, man up somebody else, the deep coverage, and Blake Bortles is looking down the field and he has to check the ball down. So they, therefore, both offenses become anemic because one is run by Marcus Mariota and Blaine Gabbert, and one is being outplanned by a defense. And there's nothing you can do about that. Uh, Trevor, I can't lie. 
I can't lie. I love watching games because my phone starts to melt, and I know it's you blowing me up. I got to ask you, going back to Thursday, I like to look ahead and not look back, but I got to ask you, going back to Thursday night, when Baker Mayfield got into that game and, and literally just owned it, man, I've never seen anything like that. When he walked in and started just throwing darts and running that offense, and it galvanized not just the offense, but the defense and the entire stadium and the whole community, what was going through your mind? I was unsurprised, number one. I was not surprised at all because it's the same thing. When you are the first pick in a draft and you've come out there in the second half and your team has completely melted down, you have nothing to lose. And he played like he had nothing. Some of those throws, there's no way the hell you throw those balls. I mean, talk about tight window. He threw the ball like over. The, if a linebacker turns on to stick his hand up, it's interception. But he was like, look, I can make it. Because he knows even if he doesn't, it can't be any worse than what was out there. So why not just let it rip? Just fucking let it rip. The fact that the Browns won, I was unsurprised. Now, first of all, I picked them to win. But even so, I picked them to win with Tyrod Taylor. But watching them win and watching them play the last three weeks, it, you know, it was, it was kind of anticlimactic for me. It really was. Well, you was know why? Like, you know why, Trevor? Because you being right is like water being wet. All right. Really, really quickly. Yeah, there I go. Rapid fire. Two quick topics before we get into one man's fantasy and your pick. I'm going to just hit you with a topic and you just get your reaction. And I'm going to lay out. All right. Raiders yeah. 0-3. That's going to change. That, that's going to that's gonna change. First of all, Jordy Nelson looks 250 pounds and black is supposed to be slimming. So I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> Derek Carr has one of the strongest arms I've ever seen. They have no pass rush. That is fine. Need to do a lot of teams. You know what I mean? Pass rushers are hard to find, like quarterbacks. And now I think this year in the draft, you're going to see about 10 of them go in the first 10 picks. So that, that's a thing. The Raiders need a pass rush. They also need some linebackers because they, they seem to not be able to stop anything that's thrown. Running the ball, they can, everybody, any linebacker can run downhill and thump, right? But when your linebackers can't cover, you can't play. They have that kind of problem. John Gruden with the whole two coaching, the two scouting staffs and that kind of thing, he's eventually going to run the, de- the detractors out of the building. And when he does, this will all get fixed. Clay Matthews. Um, Von Miller had the very best line about this. He said, look, you will not get penalized if you go for the ball. Clay Matthews is tackling quarterbacks. What fucking purpose does that serve? Go get the ball. Hit the ball. Jar loose the ball, knock the knock the pass down. Tackling a quarterback with the kind of futuristic pads that we have that NFL players use, you can't hurt him doing that. This is not middle school. And when you duck your head and drive the quarterback into the ground, that is not serving any purpose. You had a chance to hit the ball in his hand. That is a play. So Von Miller will never get hit because he's like, I want you never get hit for that because I want the ball. I'm not worried about tackling no goddamn quarterbacks. Get the ball, Clay Matthews. Forget the frigging quarterback. Get the ball. That's a play. You slamming the quarterback in the ground is not a play. Get the fucking ball. You know, it's funny. Von Miller did say that. He came on our show and said that exact same thing. And I want to get to one man's fantasy. But really, I mean, Trevor, in this case, did Clay Matthews really slam the quarterback into the ground? I mean, he's kind of wrapped he, up. He did. No, he did. You, you, you got to see it, man. Like, you don't tackle I, like that. Because I don't see he, it. Honestly, I don't see been, it. Well, well, he's been taught to tackle like that since he was 10 years old. And when he when his two legs come together, right? When you when you see his his power base and his two legs come together and his ankles and feet lift off the ground, that means he's going up and back down into the ground. Now it wasn't a hard slam, but it was the intent. And remember, the reason why Clay Matthews is paid the kind of money he's paid is because of touchdowns by quarterbacks. 
Just wind, just wind yourself all the way back through that. The money in collective bargaining bargain agreement is because of touchdowns. But didn't he, Trevor, when Period. he made but when he made that tackle, didn't he like literally pull his hands back at the end as if to say, I'm not trying to drive this guy to the ground? Like he tried to pull well, but back. He did though. But but he did though. And Jim, you're talking to a defensive lineman. First right. of all, I've never done that because I want the goddamn ball. I do not care about slamming your quarterback to the ground because I know I can't hurt him. If I could if I knew I was slamming him to the ground and hurt him, that's different. I've never hurt a quarterback and I have ninety one sacks and I've hit thousands of quarterbacks. Seriously? Like got, it was never I've Trevor, got, when you played, it was never in the back of your mind. It was never in your back of your mind that if we knock this guy out, we'd have a much better chance of winning. You never thought no, that you could hurt a quarterback no. or knock him out of the game. Nope. It was always back in my mind. If I get this ball, we have a better chance of winning. Hmm. All the time. Hmm. If I knock the ball down, if I force a fumble, I've not you have to see the times that I've gotten personal personal fouls is because I've run into the quarterback, not because I slammed him on the ground. Jamie, here's the thing. When we both go to the ground, I have to get up. Getting up takes energy. I'm not trying to get up if you don't have the ball. If you don't have the ball, I will shove you down. I'm not getting going on with you. What's, what's the point of that? The ball's gone. You know what I mean? I but got you. Dave Matthews, he had the ball. You're, you're efficient like that, Trevor, and I need to exhibit some pod discipline and keep us moving. It's not easy to do, especially when you're pissed and having a good day like this. Time now for One Man's Fantasy, where Jim and Trevor tell you what one man you have to add to your fantasy team this week. Time now for One Man's Fantasy, and this is the part in the pod where Trevor and I tell you the one guy that you can find and should find on the waiver wire right now to add to your fantasy team for week four. Now, I told you to get Fitzmagic for your week three matchup. Of course, he hasn't played wow. yet, but but you can look for that advice to pay off in the Monday night matchup. Trevor told you last week to grab Keenan Cole, who ended up going for five catches, 40 yards. Not bad in a PPR league. Trevor, who are you looking to add to your fantasy team this week? Uh, I, I watch I watch him play, but more importantly, I watch his like Instagram videos. The way he like trains in off season, his feet. Jakeem Grant is a monster. All five foot six of them. He had two catches, but he had two touchdowns. You don't keep five foot six wide receiver return men unless you plan on using them, because a five six foot six guy is not a decoy. Nobody's covering the five foot six guy. You give him the ball and let him work. That's my guy, Jakeem Grant. Dolphins. All right. I'm going to go with Tyler. I like that. That sounds good. I'm going to go with Tyler Boyd, a wide receiver for the Bengals. Last week, he had six catches, 91 yards, a TD. This week, he topped that. Six catches, 132 yards, and a TD. It just seems to me, coming into the season, all the buzz was about John Ross. Ross was the speed freak. He was the first rounder last year, but it's been the third year player out of Pittsburgh, Tyler Boyd, who has emerged as Andy Dalton's number two behind A.J. Green. And yesterday, A.J. Green suffered a groin injury in the third quarter quarter if that lingers it's only going to increase Boyd's target share and focus in the offense add Tyler Boyd to your roster as a possible starter at the flex position with major upside if AJ Green misses any time and I'm feeling great about that because you know me being right's like water being wet Trevor (laughs) all right and now Price's Picks dude are you ready for your picks Price's Picks yeah man Let's do All it. Right, we do this every single week. If you're new here, quickly, this is how this goes. Trevor picks the Monday night and the Thursday night games against the spread. I keep track. We see how he does. And TP, if you want to flip the bat and take a victory lap right about now, you go right ahead. 3-1 and one on the season. 2-0 and oh last episode. And again, this is picking against the spread. You nailed the home favorites with the Bears and the Browns. First of all, how good are you feeling about that right now? Uh, I mean, you know. Water. Again, uh, I flow like water, my man. Yeah, again, again, you you are wet. 
you are away. All right, so let's look at tonight's game. Steelers on the road without Le'Veon Bell. They're coming off a tie to the Browns, a loss to the Chiefs. They're getting one point against the undefeated Tampa Bay Bucks. Again, the Steelers are one-point underdogs to the Bucks. Who you got, TP? Uh, Tampa Bay, man. I, I, the Fitzmagic thing, I think, is going to wear out, but they're playing Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? They're, they're playing Pittsburgh. I think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be 10 to 9, 20 to 21, you know, 35, 34, if you can do that kind of math. But Tampa Bay by one point. Give me Tampa Bay and the one. All right, there you go. Now, this line might move. Man, you touched on this earlier in the pod, but let's finish the thought. The line could move because everybody who's seen it thinks there's a lot of value there. Maybe it moves back. We don't really have the luxury of waiting. I'm talking about Thursday night. You've got the Rams as touchdown favorites at home against the Vikings. The line feels pretty big for a game like that, especially on a short week with Tlaib and Peters getting banged up. But then again, you did say earlier today during this pod, Trevor, that a wounded animal might be wounded for a reason, and the Rams might just crush them. Rams, seven-point favorites. Who do you have? I got the Rams by 30. Like it's going to be, I think it's going to be a bloodbath. I think the Rams, again, I, I, I see them imploding, but not offensively. Offensively, as long as Jared Goff keeps getting the ball to everybody and everybody's getting three, four, five touches a game and the, the whole game plan isn't Todd Gurley left, Todd Gurley right, and they're moving the ball around and this Cooper Cup kid, you know, they throw him the ball two times and he has three and three touchdowns every two pick, every two catches. I think the offense right now is rolling too fast. They're playing at home. Minnesota's going outside in the sun. They're a wounded animal, again, for a reason. They have some stuff to figure out. The film, when you get your ass kicked like that, you have to watch it on Monday and then and then go through Tuesday to flush it, and then you start practice Wednesday. They couldn't watch that film. They are still wounded, and they have to fly to L.A. Wednesday night to play Thursday. I think the Rams are going to crush them. Trevor is 3-1 on the season. Trevor, you know, you're getting a rep. I got an email today during our show, during the jungle, where somebody said, War Trevor Price getting me paid tonight. So people are looking <laughs> for your picks. And to reset that, Bucks minus one, Rams minus seven on Thursday. My man, I know you're all about process. And like any great athlete, I would imagine like when you have success, you probably think in your mind, I should go back and do exactly the same sort of things that I did prior to having that great game. You should go back and do exactly what you did today, next week. I don't know what it was. I mean, the first two episodes were awesome. But today you were in your element completely. I don't know if it's because the keg didn't get tapped or you had the wrong rum, whatever it was, Trevor. Do it again next week. I'm sober. I'm sober. Oh, that's what that is. <laughs> then stay that way man stay that way i'm gonna change the lock on the liquor cabinet i'm gonna mark up your bottles so i'll know just do what you're doing that was awesome my man i appreciate you this pod is an absolute blast it's getting better every single week and i really appreciate that trevor thanks so much absolutely jim talk soon man dude you are the best what a great episode that was two-time super bowl champ take machine trevor price remember you want to hit us up on twitter with your thoughts on the pod and how you're doing at the window with price's picks he is three and one on the year here is an assignment for you on the way out subscribe to this pod then go to my feed retweet my pin tweet my pin tweet right now is a link to the rpo episode catalog your retweet can help this pod in front of a lot more people it'll get it in front of a lot more people help the cause i appreciate it i know trevor does too we're back next monday with episode four of the rpo until then we are always continuing the conversation on social i'm at jim rome he's at trevor underscore price that's price with a y thank you for checking this out we'll catch you next week we are done